welcome to the plug in your life podcast we got julie fisher here i just love julie so much uh she does these amazing sound healings i guess what are they called like sound baths almost where... that's one way to yeah you can call them that yeah and uh through my experience being around you julie it's just been such a peaceful and you're you're just such a loving energy and um it was my, actually my first experience with sound uh with you and since then i've come in contact with other people that have had sessions with you and all kinds of things and i've heard so many different stories of all sorts of cool magical things that happen with sound and um it's just so interesting to see how different tools uh throughout our lives can be used in different ways and i'm happy to share uh julie with you guys and julie uh, thanks for being on here thank you for inviting me Yes. And so you mentioned that you got started with this seeking, this searching, this, uh, mm-hmm. I guess if someone's listening right now, they are in that process of seeking something else other than themselves. So I'm interested, how, how did that process start for you? You said you were really young and uh, tell us a little bit about your journey. Uh, well, I mean, I've... Uh... <laughs> I was, I mean, like, I was trying to think about that. Like, it's like, I love all the questions that you asked. Right. And, and like, like I said, like I have been spiritually driven from a very young age and I was trying to really articulate, like, think about like, what was it that really put me on the path, really put me on the journey. And like, I know that it started being raised in a church and like not getting the, not getting satisfactory answers about why we're all here. What is God? Um, why doesn't God have parents, you know, like just very, you know, like all those innocent questions. And like, I think that just because I didn't get satisfactory um, answers there, it just naturally started me looking in other places. And also, um, I think a lot of it also was fueled by being a teenager and having um, kind of low self-esteem, but like this overcompensation thing of like, and and also coupled with not really knowing what I wanted to do with my life so like the life life itself looked daunting it looked it looked scary and I didn't have a clear direction but I had interests and um so I continued to pursue those interests and um I did it in a very dramatic way um as like oh and that was the other thing too okay all right so I guess when you really think about it it started when I did, um, uh, Delaware used to have this program where like the gifted kids could go spend a month at University of Delaware and take college level classes. And I took philosophy and film. And um, we, watched, we watched different movies like Total Recall, uh, which, is, which has like a, uh, it, that looks at the, the beliefs that we have around time. Like, is it possible to time travel and things like that? And then also, um, we watch Blade Runner, which is like, it does like the droid life matter as much as human life. Like it brought up all of these philosophical questions. And like, I just came to life there. Like these, this, these were the topics that I was naturally interested in and naturally wanted to talk to. So I think that was like one of the first sparks. And also I then, okay, now my mind also goes to, oh, I love this. Um, I used to be, I don't know, like back in the day, they used to um, have music clubs where you could sign up for um subscriptions where they would like send you a tape a tape 
not a CD, yeah. but they would send you a tape oh, like every tapes. month. <laughs> and um, I remember one came and it was, it was um, Lenny Kravitz's album, Mama Said. And I took one look at this album and I was like, I don't think so. This guy doesn't even know how to dress. How to dress. He's got like a flower shirt on and striped pants and a feather boa and dreads. And I was like, no. And they sent it to me anyway. And for some reason I unwrapped it and put it in and it changed my life. Like there, it was just, it was the quality. It was like the, the what he was singing about and like you could hear the tangible heartbreak in his voice. And then there was also a song called um, uh, What the Bleep Are We Saying? And it was just like, it, it started to make me th realize that what I, I mean, cause I grew up in a very small town, very sheltered kind of town. And it just made me feel like there was someone, there was another, there was another way of living that I wasn't, um, that I wasn't, I didn't have access to by living in a small town in Delaware. And so like, it just like things like this started to open my mind and that started, that started my search. And then I went to um, Penn State undeclared and no, but like my very first class that I loved was comparison of mythologies. And like, again, like that's when I started to come alive and like thinking about when you look at different creation mythologies, like how could it be that there are similar themes in different, like how could China have a similar theme to the people, the indigenous people of Africa? Like how could that possibly be? And like, it, that's really what propelled me forward. Yeah, see how I come alive? You know, <laughs> I, I just things. wanna open that up a little bit farther because yeah. I think that's not really talked about too much. Like. I remember the same kind of aha moment where I was like, I was like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, right. how can it be that like, you know, cause I grew up in a Christian uh, church, a small town of Pennsylvania, very sheltered and all that. And I remember just sitting there like, okay, well this makes sense, but how is it that I'm born here? But what mm -hmm. if I was born in China or some other country? Like, all of a sudden, what I believe changes, but like, how does it make it right? What I believe here, just mm. because I'm born here, you know, like all I'm doing is listening to someone else's idea of what something should be or shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. But I was like, how do I know that they know that, you know? And I was like, I'm like, wait a minute. Like, it just doesn't click. Like, you know, like I question everything else, but this is the only thing I'm not supposed to question. It's yeah. like, it just didn't make sense. Um, oh, and then one other topic yeah, yeah. I wanted to say about that is um, I, an ex of mine, uh, I ended up going to a Catholic um, thing where I became Catholic, right? So I went to this uh, long year process of this. And I remember um, I went to this uh, theology on tap where a guy came in and spoke like, oh man, it was like nine or 10 different languages. And one of them was Arabic. And so I raised my hand and I'm like, okay, uh, if the original language was Arabic, that was the original like biblical language, when it got translated by someone else that, by the way, you know, uh, the original teachers didn't say, follow me or go to church. It was turn to love and turn to God. And I'm just curious, like, how did it get translated into a language that's based, you know, a different language? Was there meaning lost? 
And he's like, oh, for sure. The original language was out of feeling and the mm-hmm. English language is like material based, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, it lost a lot of meaning. And I'm like, well, it's been translated like a hundred times. <laughs> so like, And like, I just remember thinking like, none of this makes sense. Like, yeah. you know, I want my own experience, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so anyways, I just, I get fired up about that too. You know, yeah. there's a lot of emotional charge behind that because I think people hold on to their beliefs like so strong because it's their form of identity. Anyways, it's a little. <laughs> I completely, I mean, that was something too when I started learning about languages and I also learned, right, that there are the internal languages and then like the more like cerebral languages like English and like our language wires our brains differently. And like, even when you look at the, the comparison between something as simple as Spanish where, or English, where like in English, we say like, we forgot something, but in Spanish, it, they, it literally translates like, it forgot me. <laughs> uh, yeah. no, like mail the day instead of like, I forgot. It's like, oh, I forgot me. But yeah. Yeah. it's just like a, a small thing. And then even just a little bit of searching. Like I, I remember I was watching the history channel of all things. And they started talking about like where Satan came from, like, and it wasn't even like, it was like some like other religion, like pre Christianity, like came into this town and they were like losing members. So the church decided to swap out a word, you know, to make it seem like, uh, you have to worry about not reaching like these higher. Uh, and I'm just like, wow. Like, and and then they, they did what you did. They looked at like all these different religions and like how there's the stories are matching. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, there's definitely something bigger going on. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Anyways. Yeah. Very, very powerful. Oh my gosh. And that was another thing that got pulled out. This is um, during the philosophy and film class. We were talking about God and like omnipresence and omnipotence and omniscience. And like the way they described omniscience was that all the times are happening simultaneously. And like that like really freaked me out too, because I think that's also a misunderstanding um, because now I've come to realize that now is the only time there is no such thing as a past or a future too. But so like, that's just like, when you, when you are on the spiritual path, it's like, you know, like you learn theories that make sense until you like progress and, and find another one. You're like, oh, that makes even more sense. Wow, I can't believe I used to believe the other thing, right? Yeah. But you kind of just fumble along and do the best that you can. And, um, and really, you know, the lights didn't really come on until I met, um, or I, I got turned on to the work of Adya Shanti. And like when I first, came into contact with his work. Like, it was just so clear. Say the name one more time. Adya Shanti, he, um, he woke up through the Zen Buddhist tradition. He's the first Westerner to wake up through that tradition. He teaches, he's based in California. Um, but he, he, um, he just, he, his, the way he spoke and the way he explained things was just clear as a bell in comparison to all the other teachers that I encountered up until that point. Right. So that's another way to discern. Like, does it, do you truly resonate with it or do you just feel like you're just going along with something? Uh, And you know what else? Like, I've noticed is like I've been taught like something really profound by somebody. 
and I just couldn't get it, you know, like I, I or I was given a book, you know, and I, I would try to read it and it just, I just couldn't like comprehend what I was reading or listening to or, or hearing. And I noticed that I'm, it seems like anyways, I'm only able to absorb information based on my energy, like my energetic state or my, hmm. like where I'm at, like in my process of awakening really. And then as like time would go on, uh, as I, like I shifted my awareness towards like what I'm, or my perception maybe, it was like all of a sudden, like the light bulb would go off and like, oh, like that's what that means, you know? And then as soon as I integrated it, I couldn't believe that I didn't understand it. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it's so cool. I, I just feel like there's just layers and layers and layers. And it's so fun to like start down this path. I feel like it, you can just keep going, you know? Yes. Yeah. And there are lots of rabbit, rabbit holes. And that was the thing too, is audio was able to, like he would able, to, he could describe cul-de-sacs is what he calls them. Is like when you get lost in an idea and you're just kind of spinning around in it. And then, I mean, that's helpful to have somebody say like, you know, you gotta be careful that you're on the path and you're not just spinning. Yeah. And you know, like, I, I feel like our, our minds are just a collection of our routines, habits, and beliefs that we've picked up since we were kids. So if I'm only going to think to myself and learn by myself, I'm only able to learn and understand something based on the experiences that I've only had. Hmm. Well, if I'm going to expand out of that, I would need another person's perception of even the same thing, even because if, if me and you are looking at an object and you're on the right side and I'm on the left side, I may be seeing a different object than you, you know? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times what I found, I think this is useful for people on this journey. Um, if you're just not comprehending things or you're just not moving along fast enough, I think you're right. Finding a teacher or somebody that resonates with you, mm -hmm. you know, that you're just listening as like, Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Like latch onto that because having a new perception of your life, I think is, how you grow the fastest I think mm -hmm. yeah and that's the other thing about a, a clear teacher is a lot of times it feels like they're taking away security blankets which can be very uncomfortable mm. <laughs> yeah for real mm -hmm. less and less to hold on to yeah. and that's actually a good thing yeah 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 okay so uh your first experience with a, a good teacher was uh Mr. Shanti there and then you kind of progress through that and mm -hmm. got into um well like yeah i mean i took it i did a um silent retreat with him um when i was in my early 30s uh it was at omega institute and it was a five-day silent retreat and during one of the meditations like like i felt something shift in my mind and all of a sudden i saw that um my relation like that god was right there with me looking for god you know, like, and had been right there the whole time. And then I just, I saw the reality of my inseparable relationship with God. And then I was like, oh my gosh. So everything I learned, like all the superstitions that I learned about how, you know, all these things that you need to do to please God to have a relationship and like all these things, like all of them were untrue. And then, and then, and then, and after the meditation, I was watching, I could see all the other participants in the whole workshop looking for God, you know, like they were looking and it was right there with them too. You know, like, 
and that was wild to see. I'll say that one more. That was so profound. So all of a sudden, you realize that God was right there looking for God. Yes, with me, you know, like was right there the whole time, has been there the whole time, was my most intimate relationship. There was nothing I could do to separate myself from God. It was just so clear and so obvious. So beautiful. And like, it's so empowering too when you realize. I think that's like, that is the awakening. Yes. Realizing that you don't need anything outside of yourself, that God's already within. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Right. So like, yeah. And then, and then he talked about that too. Like there are different awakenings. um, Once you have that mind, like there's the awakening of the mind, the awakening of the heart, the awakening of the, like the lower part. And, um, but I don't want to get off onto that so much. Like I'd had an awakening there and it was wild. Cause then like a few months later, I was at a ret- another yoga retreat or a yoga retreat. And like this woman was in so much pain and suffering because she believed that she could block herself. She could be blocked from God. And it was so obvious to me that I, that she wasn't. And I was like, sweetheart, like it is impossible to block yourself from God. Like God is the way I described it to her then is like, God, it looks like the block. God it is with you on the block, on the other side of the block. And she saw it. And like, I could see the whole belief system just like, just fall apart in front of her eyes. And then she's like, whoa, I need to go lay down for like three days. <laughs> yeah. I just got chills from that. Yeah. Right. Cause how many people are walking around believing that they're cursed and that they're cut off from God. And like, God is, is their most intimate, inseparable relationship. That was probably one of my biggest pains um, for a long time was this shame and guilt over these beliefs that what I was doing or how I was being in my life wasn't right. Mm -hmm. And for me to find God or meet God or be with God, I had to reach this like level of like purity or something, which is like, so like, if you really wrap your head around that, like it, it just doesn't even make sense, you know, like, oh yeah. And what a beautiful moment when you realize that none of that's true and um you're I, I i always i say this sometimes if i'm a father and i have a child and my child does something bad i'm not gonna punish that child to the point where like i lock it in a fiery cage or something and like keep them there for the rest of eternity like like i that kind of pain or even spanking it like would hurt me you know like I just, I can't even, if I can't even comprehend that to my own kid, you know, like how could this creative intelligence want to hurt me, you know, or like punish me or like shield me from that, you know, if, especially if we're of God, not separate from God. Yeah. Just a, Oh, I could go on that for a long time, but it's well, yeah, because like then that brings to light to okay, like the reality about God, God is all right, and then the the God with all the human characteristics that we're taught, right, the vengeful, punishing, ever listening, looking for every single thing, like those are all attributes that we that are experienced on like a more human mortal plane, and it's not really anything that God is. Right. Do you see the distinction I'm trying to make between yeah. like the the tr- the reality about God and then the, the, the vengeful Old Testament? Oh, there we go. Like the Old Testament God, I think. The wrathful God. 
Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of that too is like the need to explain why we do things that we don't want to do. Oh, yes. Right? Yes. Like, oh, I, I killed that person. That wasn't me. I was being, you know, and I do believe that there are negative energies. You know, I, I believe in the duality. I think you need that um, in the creation. Like I've, I've dove really deep into the di different dimensions and stuff. Um, I had a near-death experience, which showed me some stuff about it. But, um, you know, I, I just am, I just remember like growing up and like, oh, I did this, oh, I did that. And, oh, I must be, you know, I must not be praying hard enough. Or I, you know, and just instead of like owning the fact that, well, I wanted to do that and I did it. And then the realization one step further of, I'm not going to judge myself for the past things that I've done. Like, and, and then reaching a place where like, I wouldn't change a hair on anyone's head. Like, <laughs> right. I mean, I think accepting yourself for everything you've done and then even expecting that I'm going to make decisions that probably aren't for my best good or other people's best good, but having the awareness of it, I think is the most important piece of that to move through it. Right. Well, what comes to mind is what I saw with Adyashanti is that God, like your relationship with God doesn't change no matter what you're doing, what you're saying, what you're believing, that is constant. It's changeless. It's, you know, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like that, I definitely relate to that, like doing things that you don't want to do. And that was another thing that spurned me on my, on my path is um, I used to be a compulsive overeater and it was because I didn't, um well I mean sure like low self-esteem and like fear of life definitely played into that and um or like fear of what I was going to do for the rest of my life <laughs> um and also like things happened to me that I didn't know what to do with or I didn't want to tell anyone about too so it's like we'll just We'll just, or I didn't also didn't know how to express feelings. Like I didn't know it was okay to just say, you know what, I'm not into, I'm not into that. It was more like I would like feel uncomfortable with about something and do it anyway. And then, and feel bad about that too. So it was like, and so here I was in this compulsive behavior that didn't make me feel good and didn't make me feel good about myself and wanting to change that and very, and looking for ways to stop looking for ways to stop, but not really wanting to stop because it was my coping mechanism. That was another thing that drove me forward. Wow. That's, uh, I think you just described most people's life, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I remember, yeah, every, I get up in the day and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do this or do that. You know, I want to quit smoking or drink, like whatever it was that I decided I wanted to stop. And then by the end of the day, I find myself doing that th same thing. And then I would beat myself up and I was caught in this like loop of mm -hmm. like self uh, sabotaging. Yes. But I, I, f I don't know about you, but I feel like it's like a weird like caveat to life. It's like when I stopped needing to change something, it was mm -hmm. like it became easier to not need it anymore. It was like it was like when I stopped seeking the very thing that I desired and just 
almost like made a decision or like accepted the thing, the way things are, it, it like gave me this release of feeling like I can't get out of it. It was just weird. Uh, That's beautiful, Dylan. Right. It's true. Yeah. Isn't it? It's so interesting. I, I think it goes along with manifesting too. Like if you're trying to get something, you're telling the universe, you don't have it. <laughs> so you get more of not having it. But like when you dis you already feel as if it's already done and you let go of the outcome, it like comes to you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And we learn about all these paradoxes from spiritual teachers or from, right. And that's cool that you're actually experiencing them and understand what they're pointing to, what they're talking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm interested in silent retreats, although I love to talk. So maybe I should do it. I don't know. (laughs) I mean that's the other beautiful thing too right is my path looks different from it's different from everybody else's path right like just because it worked that's just where I happen to have a profound awakening doesn't mean that anybody else anyone else will so when you're like that's part of the prescribed because like that was another major driving force is I was really looking for a formula for a living and it wasn't until my early 30s when I was going through a divorce where I had a I had an awake therapist and she was like sweetheart like there is no successful formula for what you're looking for and I hated that it was so upsetting to me because <laughs> yeah. I believed in it so much you know yeah. and like that's so much of what drove me f- forward in seeking spirituality as I was sure that there was a formula out there and if I could just apply it to myself then I would be happy healthy abundant all the things that they promise i think there are like like simple formulas for grounding or just like kind of being present but i think everyone is so unique because of the experiences they've had and you brought up a point about how you would stuff emotions and you don't want to deal with Mm. stuff and i believe that that uncomfortableness of not wanting to look at those emotions is what causes a lot of the problems that we start facing but I think you're right. Like each person has unique emotional experiences that are trapped within them. And to uncover those layers requires different other different modalities for each person. So there's no formula per se to uh, let all that out. But I think there are some simple things that people can do to um, help that process, like a simple formula, you know, but I think you're right. Yeah, I got a little frustrated too. when I was just like, I remember sitting, you know, with our uh, mutual uh, friend, Jeff, I'm just like, yeah, but you're saying it's just as simple, but like, I just want to know, like, tell me step by step what to do, you know, like, I just couldn't wrap my head around. Like, I was just so frustrated, like, okay, just, yeah, but just tell me to do now and then, then, and then, then, and he's like, you don't understand. (laughs) But, yeah, but there has so, to be a system. Yeah, there's got to be a step-by-step formula. And it's just, <laughs> but I think the curiosity and the seeking is the formula. But it looks different for everybody. It does. Yeah, it does. I, th- I th- That's where things really started to turn for me too. Again, was when I was working with that therapist. And like, she taught me how to tell the truth, no matter what. And she taught me how to tell the truth to myself. And, um, and that's also like, I used to be a very black and white person. And like, she broke me out of that because I realized 
that I could have two simultaneous conflicting emotions that both felt true, you know, like I love my husband, but I really want, no, that's a poor example, but I mean, it was something wow. along those lines where, um, it was like, it's, it's both holy. Oh my God. It's both where before I was so sure it was only, it could only be one. Hmm. Yeah. Like and that, that was very, and I also had, oh, that was a huge, this was also a very huge experience too, is um, she taught me, she turned me on to Byron Katie, um, the work where you take yourself through a series of questions and you ask yourself if it's true. And um, my, um, my husband actually was, had gotten involved with someone else. And um, I played the whole like victim wife you know, there's no hell hath no fury like a woman scorn. But really, a lot of it was my fault. You know, a lot of it was like, I wasn't happy. I didn't know how to talk to him about how I was happy. And so I pushed him away. And I pushed him away to the point where he found somebody else. Like, like really, I can't fault him for at all for that. You know, he's a human, a good guy who, who has needs and found somebody who was giving him. So anyway, I was taking myself through this, through a worksheet, like the Byron Katie thing. And I saw that their relationship actually had nothing to do with me at all. And like, actually it was quite innocent. Like they fell in love, like isn't falling in love like one of the sweetest things you can experience. Like think about it, like think about being in love and like how alive that makes you feel. And like how, like, it's just like, it's like the best, right? Or it's like up there with like top five yeah. <laughs> of the yeah. best. <laughs> yeah. And like, it just, and then I was like, oh my God, like how sweet, like they, they fell in love and like how unfortunate that he happened to be married to me at the time. And that um, there are all these rules, you know, like there's all this, this, this stuff that comes around, like you're, you know, you're not supposed to fall in love with somebody else that you're not married to. And like all, like all these horrible things. And I just, I just had so much compassion for them both that I actually called her and I was like, oh my God, like I get it. Wow. wow, you guys fell in love, had nothing. You weren't trying to hurt me. It wasn't about me at all. You know, like you just liked each other and enjoyed spending time together. And like, and um, oh my God, like the, the degree of freedom that I experienced after that. I mean, I was just, I call it, I call it um, nuclear freedom. Like I was just, so full of love of forgiveness of happiness of like it was just such huge freedom to see see that that whole um trajectory of events through a different lens wow like that's so, like seeing them with spiritual eyes you know i didn't know we were going to go this direction but you just brought up like such a huge thing like i think Oh, I mean, it just goes back to like beliefs, you know, like you, you grow up being told that you should be doing these specific things. And, but if you look back like a few hundred years ago, everything was different. You look back a thousand years, like that concept was different, you know, even with marriages and stuff like that. And then like learning things like the wedding ring was actually founded by a, a diamond jeweler that did a good marketing campaign that every guy <laughs> needs to give his wife three months salary to give her a ring and it yeah. stuck, you know, yeah. and all of a sudden you need a wedding ring. You know, it's like, it's like, but I, I don't think it's, it's necessarily the marriage that's bad. I think it's the vows, you know, like if you look at unconditional love, right. Mm -hmm. Unconditional love is just what you said. 
understanding that this person has needs and this person loves this other person. Oh my God, I want them to be happy. I, yeah. I want them to experience that. Yeah. And if you're truly in love with yourself and you're comfortable in your own skin and you're not, you know, you're not needing or, or, or attached to outcomes, then you want that person to grow and be the best version of themselves. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, you're playing the victim. You're, you're feeling mm -hmm. like someone's hurting you, but the truth is nobody can hurt you. Your feelings are in control of yourself. So it's like, it's just like, oh my gosh, I, I had that same awakening um, <clears throat> in my own life. I wish, you know, mutual people would have had the same understanding, but oh, it's, that's so powerful, man. And I, Mm -hmm. I wish I could like stand up and like preach that <laughs> about marriages, <laughs> but like there's so much emotional charge behind attachment mm -hmm. to somebody, mm -hmm. you know, it becomes an identity and people kill over that stuff, you know, like, so it's like, it's very touchy topic, but if somebody it really is. looks at unconditional love, are you really loving your spouse, you know, or are you jealous, anger, resentful, you know, all the stuff that are anti- you know, love, but anyway. Right, and I'm in no way condoning adultery. I'm I'm just saying that 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 particular, my husband's affair was a, a, I mean, I got to experience real forgiveness, real true forgiveness after that. And it, I've, I mean, I've I haven't had an experience like quite that unleashed so much aliveness and in me. You know, I couldn't sleep that night. I was just like, wow. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I said, it was set free from my own victim, my story of being a victim. And like, I also realized I had to be honest. I had to be honest about the fact that their, their relationship, their actions really didn't hurt me. I really wasn't hurt. I was going about living my own life. Nobody, like I, you know. Yeah, it's a big one. Oh man. Yeah. Anybody's listening right now, I'd love to hear comments about your experience. Oh, that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you reach this point where you're so hurt all the time. You either have to grow and like mm -hmm. have an experience like you did where you just shift that thinking or you're going to be in pain the rest of your life. And usually that causes dis-ease Mm -hmm. right right I didn't have the courage to, to say like look I don't want to be married to you anymore you know I pushed him away mm -hmm. and then I got the reason I got that out right but through that experience like oh, you I've grown leaps and bounds <laughs> from that painful experience you know yeah so powerful yeah Ooh. yeah okay and then uh so a lot of great experiences. Now you brought up, um, I don't know how much of your story we're going to go through, but just monitoring time. Uh, you brought up uh, something before about uh, miraculous healing. And I, I would just All love right. to dive into like, okay, so you've gone through this process of like unveiling the onion, right? The layers of the onion. And you've kind of awakened in different stages, uh, which anybody listening can do just by seeking uh, this path. Um. So tell me a little bit about, you know, furthering that experiences through healings and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, in my search, I, well, I mean, like I, I studied body work and then there were people who were like really into Reiki and like energetic forms of healing. 
Um, so I studied a, a form of that. And then um, another form, I think it's called quantum healing. Yeah. And I took a workshop. I think it's a guy based out of Washington. I meant to look it up before I popped on the podcast and I forgot. Sorry. I'm not sure. But um, I'm familiar with quantum healing. I'm sure somebody can Google that too. If you're interested. Yeah. It was a very specific and it's taught by a father and his daughter. And I think they're based in Washington. I could be wrong about that. But I took a workshop with them and it was an absolute blast. I had so much fun. And then um, right after the workshop, I was back back in my apartment in New York and I was boiling water for tea. And I somehow spilled the water that I, the boiling water that I just poured into the Pyrex, Pyrex measuring glass, like onto my hand. And I was like, okay, like, let's practice what we learned here, you know? And um, it was a wild experience where like, I really was just present with all of the sensations and instead of, and I saw that um, it, you know, like the normal, the normal way to treat a burn, right? Like if something's hot, you put it right under cold water right away. And like, I saw that that really didn't make sense. Like if there was just too much energy and, and, um, and it was funny, there was this funny, it was a song, like when I was, <laughs> I think it was like, it's hot. It was it um, Billy Idol that's like, it's hot in the city. It's hot in the city tonight. <laughs> There you go. And like, that was like the soundtrack, like while like, and it felt like there were these prongs that were like reaching up through my prongs, like through my hand, like wire prongs as like, it was moving around in my hand. And like, I just stayed really, really present with the experience. And I used some of the techniques that we learn in quantum healing. Like you find the place where your hand feels perfect and you drop that in. And, um, it, it was something I really had to stick with for probably like a couple of hours. And then I think I fell asleep. And then, and like the next day, all that happened was I had like these, these like very minor um, flakings of skin, but like no patches of redness, like no boil, like no blisters, nothing you would, you would expect from having skin come in contact with boiling hot water. It was almost as if nothing happened except for some skin flakes and stuff. Yeah, just, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, so that definitely changed my, like, that's the thing. When you start thinking for yourself or start questioning things that really don't make sense hmm. and being open to another possibility, right? Because, like, ultimately, that's, what we're looking for, right? Is that connection with something greater than ourselves? Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I think you nailed it. Yeah. And I do like did a lot of classes on quantum energies and learned about like, you know, we're, we're diving into like sound healing, mm. but I learned about how your thoughts carry a pattern and so i have this thing when i do my meditation classes you know they have a frequency board where it's like a metal plate and then it has these prongs hooked up to it and then you dial up and down sound frequency and then you put sand on top of it and it turns into these like geometric totally patterns bad, yeah well <clears throat> what i learned was like your mind 
has thoughts. And now through science, they've learned that each thought carries an energetic frequency. And so as you're thinking all 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day, you're literally releasing small fragments of energy, but every thought is carrying an energetic pattern. Um, no different than a radio, you know, or, you know, and when you're constantly living in stress or pain and you're focusing all of your attention, they call it the observer effect on science in science. When you focus your attention on a painful thing or something you don't like, you're focusing that same pattern. So it's either going to grow, get bigger, or you're going to feel it more. But if you can take it, like you said, take the pattern of where your skin is perfect or it's you like that part and place that on top of you're literally replacing the pattern in the quantum field with a healthy, loving pattern. And I, that's how I ended up. I actually do healings like that. I just send a love energy to people and you're you're layering on top this pattern uh that you know you can't see but it's no different than a radio um and i just really love that and i i it's so cool like i i even started doing like catching like what i'm even telling myself in the daytime like oh i don't like this i'm not good at this i i can't get technology or like whatever the things are that people say in their heads and then i'll just become aware of those thoughts and i start replacing them you know no different than like your hand pain I noticed that I'm hurting myself with my thinking even. So like I, I tried to start replacing my thoughts um, with positive ones or looking in the mirror and, you know, affirmations, you know, I, I love myself. You're so powerful, you know, anyways, just love that. Uh, replacing patterns with uh, good ones and love. I think mm -hmm. it's a uh, really, really good stuff. And I couldn't help thinking while you were sharing that is what we talked about earlier about um, that presence of God being there and being unchanged, regardless of what we're thinking or believing or how we're acting or behaving. Like there is that, there is that divine constant always that requires no effort on our part to sustain. Right. It's like, it's, it's a gift of life, right? That's just like one of the, the things that we rely on, depend on, and we don't have to do anything for it to be so. <laughs> yeah it's so good yeah it is good I love when you like hear things you just kind of marinate it for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you know? like oh yum, yeah right because yeah. I think that's really how it's meant to be and like and like I don't know if you know but like I ended up living on on Kauai for almost four years and like I feel like that's where I lived the closest to how like how what it means to be a divine child of God you know it's just you're in the beautiful, I was in that beautiful place and it just felt so right. Everything was the happiest I've ever been, you know? And it just having that tangible experience of the beauty of life. Now that's where you got introduced to sound healing, isn't it? I got introduced to sound in New York um, through Jody Sirota, who is a sound channel up there. Um, yes. And so when I've actually, I think it, I, when I actually embraced, embraced it was, was on Kauai. That's where I met other sound healers. Like that's where I learned how to play singing bowls. And that's where I worked with other sound healers who would play the singing bowls for me. And then I would get to do sound. And that's where I was like, okay, I think this is who I am. This is what I'm meant to do. 
Um, but now I'm not even sure about that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that's a great way to live too, is just being open to being malleable to changing who you are, you know, because yeah. you get caught up in this, I am this. Right. Well, I mean, your cells completely change. Your whole body is completely updated. Like, I think it's like every like 20, 36 hours, like however many hours it is, like all of your cells are replaced, you know? So like- <laughs> if you change, if your body alone changes that much and like, you know, every person has a, a unique fingerprint, every grain of sand on the beach is different than the other one. Like, why would I want to identify as this now when I can be something mm -hmm. better later? And I think if you even look back in your life, like six months ago, I'm like, wow, I can't believe I thought that, or I was that way, <laughs> you know, like it's like, yeah. so I love that, that, you know, you're like, well, maybe I'm not anymore. Um, <laughs> But you do sound healings. I've attended quite a few um, on Wednesday yes, night. If anybody's in Delaware, yes, you're welcome. Uh, if anybody's in Delaware, uh, reach out. But it's uh, uh, sound healings on Wednesday nights. Um, so we'd love to uh, get you in touch with Julie or uh, the show. Mm -hmm. And just to kind of plug in here, um, you're at giftedalchemy.com. Yes. And so as far as your sound healings, have you seen any, if somebody's not familiar with that, uh, can you explain that process of sound healings and how that works? And have you seen any crazy or cool stories with that? <laughs> yes, I have. Um, okay, so sound. I talk about sound being the easiest way to meditate because it it's it feels like you, you are getting meditated, which is nice for anyone who feels that they cannot meditate. Meditation is really hard. I make it really easy. Like basically... You get to come in and make yourself super comfortable. And if you fall asleep, that's great. You probably need a nap. Um, if you didn't fall asleep, you will have, um, you might feel vibrations in your body. You might see images. You might feel like, think like your day is getting ordered out. Like, oh, I need to do this, 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 and this, which is really helpful. Um, you might not even have a tangible experience, but you, that night you might have the best night's sleep of your life and then wake up and the next day feel clear and like you're on fire and you know exactly what to do. And that's a wonderful feeling without caffeine. <laughs> um, yeah. and it's, so how I do it is like, for me, um, sound is a spontaneous now activity, meaning that it comes through in the moment every time i do it is a little bit different i do use the same instruments i, I do use crystal singing bowls and um they create like this kind of bell-like resonant tone that sometimes can feel like it's penetrating your body or it can feel like it's taking you somewhere or sometimes people even have the experience of it cleaning them out from the inside inside out and then sealing them back up with love. So there's the sense of a reset button that can occur. Um, but what it, what it does, what, it, what they say it does on a scientific level is that it changes your brain, brain waves, is that it moves you from the active thinking to a more relaxed meditative state. So if, if that ex explanation helps. So in that regard it can take like five to seven minutes for it to have an effect on you and then like minimal I'm, effort too like so like you said if somebody's struggling mm. with meditation sound is a great way to start into that mm -hmm. yes and it, it it seems to 
unlock big shifts, powerful shifts in people's lives. I mean, I've had, I've been doing sound professionally for a few years now. And I mean, it could get close to seven or eight at this point. I've kind of lost track, but um, like spun, like pain has spontaneously released from people. Um, uh, they've realized that they need to make big changes in their, in their, in their relationships. Uh, they felt really completely reset and cleared out. Um, I mean, it sounds like Dylan, you've heard more stories than I have. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, uh, I think you nailed it. Um, and I've had similar experiences, you know, where, yeah, it's like this weird moment where like you kind of, your mind quiets down a little bit and you start mm. focusing on the sound and then you kind of like start feeling the vibration of the sound. And like, there's a lot of talk, I believe on social media about vibration and raise your vibration. And, um, you know, I think things like sound really allow you to t tune into that real vibration feeling. And yeah, uh, similar experiences, you know, even the last one, it was kind of like all of a sudden, as it kept progressing, like your body would just feel like this overwhelming, like, like sense of peace and just like a relaxing and it would like shift into stages, you know, and there might be like a release or like a thought that you need to hear of, um, uh, an emotion might come up, you know, that mm, you need to deal yes. with. Um, I think one girl in the, in the room said that she felt like she was leaving her body, you know, at one point. So yeah, very powerful stuff. Um, there's been a lot of research on vibration of sound too. Like you know, the, what is it? Five thirty-seven Hertz or, you know, the healing frequencies. I, mm -hmm. I, I don't remember all of them, but, uh, very powerful stuff. And then the, another thing is, is I always cue people in. I'm like, you think you're coming here for the sound, but you're actually coming for the, the silence and the peace that you feel after the sound has come through, right? There's this quality to the silence and like you really feel relaxed and you feel the sense of peace afterwards. And that also reminds me of what I learned with Adya Shanti when he was teaching meditation. He, he teaches people to actually listen to the silence. And then you realize that even amidst um, sounds from the outside world, there is this, there is this silence that is always present that you can always tune into and that's also like part of what we're describing with um the ever presence right of god yeah sometimes i'll just be around somebody and there's like this dead silence or actually after your sound healing yeah like, right. it's, like, it's not dead though it's a live silence yeah <laughs> well afterwards you know we're just sitting there and it's just this peaceful state and yeah. I remember just looking at Jeff and I'm just like, ah, the present moment, you know, it's like, it's just so peaceful. And like, I was, uh, the last podcast I was on, we were talking about how meditation, you reach this stage where all of a sudden it's not about the meditation anymore. It's about always being in meditation. Like I'm walking to the store, I'm in meditation. I'm focusing on the present moment, the silence that's within the chaos. Mm -hmm. yeah, so powerful oh my gosh mm -hmm. really cool and it, and it opens up magical stuff mm -hmm. you know, when you're focusing on all this stuff you're kind of closing off your vision to coincidences or serendipities you know and things you might not uh, be aware of if you're not paying attention to it so 
cool. right and like i think we're touching into what causes someone to be on a spiritual path in the first place right they they want that sense of peace that sense of connection that sense of aliveness and beauty and magic in their life right yeah got a good one for that yeah mm. oh so good okay we're at the top of the hour um i just want to ask you uh a lightning round question uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> So if you look back in your life, I know you mentioned a few things on here, but mm -hmm. um, if somebody could check something out today and it was maybe one of the first things that you came across, uh, maybe a book or mm -hmm. video, you mentioned a few movies, um, <laughs> something that someone could check out today that was a huge shift in your life, what would that one thing be? Well, uh, Byron Katie's work comes to mind just because that's where you start challenging your own stories and in challenging your own stories that's when you start to break yourself out of the self-created prisons which is another thing is that we're trying to do by being on a spiritual path right we we feel limited somehow and like yeah we're told that we're the like we're part of this infinite beautiful loving creation and yet that doesn't seem to be our experience and so much of that is learning how to be honest with yourself and questioning the stories that you're telling and, and are they really true and experiencing the, the, the aliveness and the magic and the, the opening and the growth that happens from investigating. So it's the self-examination I think is key. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Be your own life investigator. Mm. Yeah. And I like to say like experiment with your own life, you know, don't take anything anybody's saying, for truth, experiment in your own life. You know, I had, mm -hmm. I was seeing this one teacher uh, teaching like meditation and stuff. And then uh, it, was, it was like a family member actually, like of all people, like telling me that they're a scam. And I said, really? I said, have you tried any of the, the stuff? No. <laughs> well, how do you know? <laughs> you know like, right. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool. All right. Um, yeah, so Julie, uh, if somebody wants to come down this path and um, maybe they're just starting out or they have a lot of chaos in their life, um, is there any last words of wisdom um, that you'd like to give anybody? I will, I mean, reach out, come to a sound healing, the, um, uh, reach out to me. I take people through a guided self-examination process too that helps um, break down those 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 bricks brick by wall those walls of the self-created prison you know they're and we're very lucky living where we do because there's so much help here you know we have a very bright vibrant um metaphysical community in the in the beach area so yeah and the lovely thing about zoom and uh online world is that you know in the quantum we don't need to be in front of somebody so if you're listening yeah. to this you're not oh, that's around that's true reach out to Julie and uh, yeah, start down this process. And Julie, I'm so thankful for this time. I feel like we could just go on for hours talking about different stuff. I just love all of this. So. It's very fun. Thank you for, I think this is what I wanted. I think you're actually doing the podcast that I wanted to do when I started The Gifted. So thank you for continue, like continuing to highlight the, the spiritual path. And that's a pleasure to be involved. So thank you yeah, so much. Thank you. Can't wait to see your, your next sound healing. This week. 
Yeah, I keep asking you, like, what week is it? Like, these weeks are like, I know. <laughs> flying by, man. Yeah, because it's every other week. <laughs> this Tuesday, we have a treat for you. Tuesday? Yeah. Yep. I don't know, Wednesdays? Isn't it March 2nd? Yeah, it's this Wednesday. Because oh. today is the 28th. Okay. Yeah. Happened quickly. I know it seemed like the other one was just last week, but it's two weeks already. All right, guys, plug into your right. life. If you're struggling with, you know, I know a lot of people are struggling with starting the habit of meditation, you know, sound healing or using some of these things or checking out Byron Katie's work uh, may interest you. But more importantly, reach out to Julie. Uh, if any of this resonates with you and you want to know more, uh, she can walk you through some very easy, uh, simple processes um, that may help you in your life and to find peace. So plug into your life, guys. Have a good night. <laughs> Thank you. Bye.